Week three of the Big 12 football season is in the books. It's great to be here with you. Pete Mundo, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, rolling through our reaction, our recap of another week of great football. Gosh, uh, it wasn't as good as week two, but it was really good. If you're on YouTube, hit the like button, that thumbs up button. I know some of you haven't yet subscribed to the channel as well. We promised you more video content. We're bringing it to you here on the YouTube channel. And our friends on the podcast, subscribe, rate, review. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you hooked up right away with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Gosh, where do we start? You know, as I usually like to do, I am going to take these games in order. That's what I'm going to do. So hang tight. Let's get it rolling here on another great show. YouTube, Facebook Live. Of course, as always, we are on the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here as we react to week three of the Big 12 football season. And let's start off, let's get it rolling here with Oklahoma and Nebraska. Can we start there? So you can look at this game two ways. You can say, wow, Oklahoma finally put it together on offense after a shaky start to the uh, game last week against Kent State. To me, this game against Nebraska said a lot more about where this Nebraska football program is and what a dumpster fire and a disaster this program has turned into in a 49-14 loss at home days after firing Scott Frost than it necessarily says about Oklahoma. Now, I've got Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game, so I'm not sitting here saying Oklahoma isn't worthy of that win or isn't good enough or anything like that. I'm just simply pointing out that when it comes to what Saturday was about in Lincoln, that was about a Nebraska program that has no identity, no leadership, no juice, no pizzazz. It has nothing. Yesterday was... In many ways, the exclamation point on a decade's worth of mistakes by Nebraska football. Starting with leaving the Big 12 for the Big 10, to firing Bo Pelini, to on and on the decisions they made, Scott Frost, everything else. Yesterday was an exclamation point on what has been a horrible 10-plus years for the Nebraska football program. And we have seen the program dwindle. We have seen the program lose relevancy, lose national prominence. That's what happened. And that's what this game, to me, was about. As a Big 12 fan, that was my takeaway. I cannot believe what Nebraska football has turned into. Now, yes, we can talk about OU and Dylan Gabriel and the offense and you know uh, him running for that 60-plus yard touchdown and how great everything looked from that perspective. We can do it. And all that stuff's important as OU gets ready for conference play and had a really soft first couple of games. So you feel good about that if you're an Oklahoma fan. But at the same time, what that game to me was more about was Nebraska and how far that program has fallen. And, you know, I'm not sitting here predicting OU and Texas leave the Big 12 and, you know, struggle like Nebraska. I'm in no way suggesting that. But it is just a message, a reminder that the grass is not always greener on the other side. It isn't always greener on the other side, no matter what people tell you, no matter who says what. It's not. But Oklahoma looked really good on both sides of the ball. I got to give them a lot of credit for how they played in this game, what they did in this game. And 
If you're getting ready for K-State next week and you're the Sooners, you want to see that kind of a performance. You just want to see it. Four sacks, nine tackles for loss. Most of those came in the first half, I will add, as well. You look at Eric Gray. Um, he looked really good on the ground with a couple of touchdown runs. Gabriel getting more and more comfortable by the week. Marvin Mims. I mean, all these guys had solid days for the Sooners in a just drumming of Nebraska 49-14. So there you go on uh, that game, which still was more about Nebraska to me, but Oklahoma gets a big win, and they are 3-0 and as uh, we move on to the next game of the day. So next up, Baylor-Texas State. Not a lot to learn out of this game, as you would imagine. You know, a lot of these games, when you're playing low-level competition like that, there's not a ton to break down. There's not a ton to take away. And that would be the case for Baylor on uh, Saturday against Texas State. You're coming back home against BYU uh, after that loss at BYU. You just want to get back on track before conference play gets underway. And that's all yesterday was about. That's, that's really the only takeaway you can have if you're Baylor. You can't really do anything or say anything about, wow, look at how we, you know, the Texas State play calling was suspect to me. I know Jake Spavital wanted to, you know, show his team could compete in the Big 12, but they made some boneheaded decisions, going for it too often, things of that nature. So I don't sit here and say to myself, well, you know, look at Richard Reese with 150-plus rushing yards. I mean, that's great. I'm happy for him, but is that going to duplicate itself against Oklahoma State in a couple of weeks? I'm not sitting here and predicting that by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, you look at Baylor's schedule right out of the gates in Big 12 play, not easy. You got to go to Ames next weekend. Then you've got uh, Oklahoma State on deck in a Big 12 championship game rematch. So we're going to learn a lot about Baylor over the next two weeks. I've got Baylor, Oklahoma playing for a Big 12 title. But if Baylor, you know, slips up these next couple of weeks, uh, the season could look a lot different at the top of the Big 12 conference. But I still believe in my pick in the preseason and how I think this is ultimately going to play out. As always, you can leave your comments right now on Facebook Live. It's good to have you guys here as we uh, roll through our week three reaction show to the Big 12 schedule. I'm Pete Mundo, owner of Heartland College Sports. It's great to be here with you as always. Uh, next up, as we look through the Big 12 schedule yesterday, West Virginia rolling Towson. You will learn nothing from this game. You want to say Tony Mathis and C.J. Donaldson rushed for over 100 yards and J.T. Daniels looked good, and that's all great. It's all well and good. Does it mean anything against Towson? No. If you want to be encouraged by something for the Mountaineers, here's what you can be encouraged by. You can be encouraged by the fact that uh, the offensive line got pushed up front West Virginia averaged seven yards per carry after averaging three yards per carry against Kansas last week. That's a good bounce back. Uh, you want to see that as you get ready for Virginia Tech on a short week, but am I taking anything away from that? I'm not. You can't. You can't take anything away from a West Virginia team that you know ends up smoking Towson as they should, 65-7. to seven. For a couple of days, it, it maybe cools off Neil's, Neil Brown's seat, but... I mean, I'm talking like a day. If he goes and loses to Virginia Tech and he's one in three, and maybe you can find a couple of Big 12 wins and, and Neil Brown finishes three and nine, he's done at West Virginia, barring something unforeseen, unless the program and the boosters decide that they don't want to pay the buyout, which is pretty significant.
So, uh, you know, this game was nice. You get it. You use it as a confidence booster and you move on. But that's it. That's the only thing to take away from this game on Saturday for West Virginia. That's it as they played Towson. I wish there was more to add to all of this. Uh, well, you know what? Let me add something. ESPN Plus. The audio on ESPN Plus was skipping for most of the first half. You know, I'm bouncing around. I got three games going on trying to obviously follow this entire conference. I couldn't listen to the West Virginia game. I just put it on my phone on mute because the uh, video was clean, but the audio was skipping. The broadcaster's audio was skipping. You're charging people $9.99 a month, and they're going to use it a couple times a month to watch their favorite team. And the broadcast quality, not just from an audio and sometimes video perspective, is subpar. As someone who does this for a living, the broadcasters are... There's a lot of amateur hour broadcasts going on. I'll just put it that way. You know, I uh, by day, I host a morning show in Kansas City on KCMO Talk Radio. And then um, I'm the program director for the radio station as well. I used to do play-by-play uh, when I worked in Oklahoma. And then when I was in New York for a few years, I did Wagner College uh, play-by-play. And I'm not saying I was the best play-by-play guy ever. I wasn't. It wasn't as much my strength. That's why I'm in the talk world now. But I'll tell you this much. You know good play-by-play. And there is a lot of mediocre, at best, play-by-play and color taking place on ESPN+. Plus. I know it's hard to find good guys, but gosh. Between the audio and or video sometimes not working and the quality of broadcaster, it is, uh, it is not living up to the product at the cost that it now is for people at $9.99 a month. And the more games are going on there, there's a lot of Big 12 content on there too. So that's the frustrating part as well, I know, for many of you. So they got that eventually solved. I don't know if it was end of the first half, early in the second half, but that was a, a tough tough way to watch a game. If you're a West Virginia fan, you look forward to this game every week. You got three to four hours every week to watch your team football, play football, and you got a broadcast that isn't working. It's just disappointing. ESPN's got to do better with that product at ESPN Plus. Way better. Next up was uh, Iowa State beating up on Ohio 43-10. to Another game, like many of these thus far, where you say, okay, Take the win, run with it. Iowa State is in a good place at 3-0 and on the season. Hunter Deckers threw three touchdowns, 270 yards. Jarrell Brock did his thing on the ground. So, uh, And Xavier Hutchinson, of course. I mean, it feels like every week Xavier Hutchinson has the following stat line. Nine or ten catches, 90 to 100 yards, and at least a touchdown. Like That's, that's what you've got to feel good about. Now, you want to see, I think, still more, still more, and... Uh, improvement from the offensive line. Uh, You want to see the secondary continue to mesh and get better. But for Iowa State, you're going to learn a lot more about this team coming up because Iowa State is taking on Baylor this weekend at home. And then they go to Kansas, which suddenly looks like a really interesting game. So go figure on that. That is going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch unfold and watch play out. Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It's uh, good to be here with you. So uh, before we continue with our reaction show to week three in the Big 12, how about our sponsor? People ask, Pete, how do we support the show? Very easy. Support our sponsor. 
And the sponsor for this show is DraftKings. Right now, use our promo code. If you're in the state of Kansas, which just uh, brought on sports betting, in the state of Kansas, download the DraftKings app right now. Use our promo code HCS for Heartland College Sports to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code HCS only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Draft, once again, that promo code HCS with the DraftKings Sportsbook app now in Kansas. Gambling problem? Getting help's your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 plus, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resorts and Casino. Next up, let's talk about the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's talk about KU, baby. KU, what a team. What an early season. They are 3-0 and for the first time since 2009. KU has hit the over on win totals, which was 2.5. Now, I picked the over for Kansas at 2.5. I didn't think it hit by mid-September. I completely admit I didn't think it hit by mid-September. But this team found itself down 14 nothing once again, as they have in uh, previous weeks, just the last week, in Morgantown against West Virginia. They were down 14 nothing in the first quarter. They were down 14 nothing at Houston. And what do they do? They come back to dominate with a 48-30 victory over the Houston Cougars. My goodness, this team is so much fun to watch. How do you not root for these guys based on where this program has been for the Mountaineers over the, uh, excuse me, for the Jayhawks over the last 10 plus years? They are that fun. And Jaylon Daniels, you know, I hate to think like this, but as I'm watching Jaylon Daniels light up another team yesterday, I'm thinking to myself, what program is going to try to pay this dude a lot of money in the transfer portal to leave KU after the season? I hate to think like that, but that's how you now have to think about things. Daniels finished 14-23, 158 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, led the team with 12 carries, 123 yards, and two scores on the ground. Like, he is quickly becoming one of the most talked-about guys in not just the Big 12 at quarterback, but should be one of the more talked-about guys in the country at that position. The defense continues to impress. Four sacks, six tackles for loss. Uh, They are doing really well in the trenches. I mentioned Jalen Daniels on the ground. The uh, Jayhawks averaged six and a half yards per carry. What more can you say about the job Lance Leipold is doing? And I hate to talk like this, but they continue. I mean, with the way Lance Leipold is going about his business, and KU fans don't want to hear this, but he will continue to move up the list for Nebraska quarterback, for Nebraska head coaches. He will continue to potentially move up that list. They've got Duke this weekend. If Kansas football is 4-0 after this weekend, boy, does the conversation really get hot and heavy. I know you're going to, but it's only a few games. If you go back and you look at the end of last season into this season, you've got a couple of months of football that Lance Leipold has on his resume with the worst Power 5 football program in America for the last 10 years, and he has made them look incredibly, 
incredibly competent. They have won games. I They now have back-to-back road wins for the first time since 2007, if I saw that right. It is unbelievable what Lance Leipold is doing with this program. And obviously, the players deserve an enormous amount of credit as well. They've got swagger. They've got confidence. These guys have been down two scores. Previous Kansas teams just rolled over when they're down 14 points. No, this team comes back and wins games. 48-30 to 30 over Houston. My goodness. I mean, it's so impressive. And it's such an easy group to root for, as I noted. So kudos to the Jayhawks. 48-30 win at Houston. 3-0 and on the season for the first time in 13 years. You got to love what you saw from Kansas. And rock chalk, baby. Good for you guys. Uh, this is a lot of fun to watch with this team. No doubt about it. Uh, where do we go from here? All right. Now, from one team in Kansas to another. This one, not as much. K-State getting upset against Tulane 17-10. I picked Tulane to cover. I had them at plus 14. Our picks, I will add, went 4-3 and three this week. So we cooled off a little bit, 4-3 and three on the picks. Uh, we're still well above 500. So on the season, we're 16-8-1 with my picks against the spread for Big 12 games. I thought Tulane would cover because it felt like a trap game for K-State. Fresh off a big win against Mizzou, Oklahoma on deck in prime time. I didn't think they'd lose outright. That is something I in no way expected to happen, that K-State would lose outright in this game against Tulane. I thought it was dangerous, but I didn't think they'd lose outright. And here's, here's what I'll add as well about this team with everything going on right now. What I'll add about this team is that Adrian Martinez has to let it rip. And Chris Kleiman admitted as much after the game yesterday. He kind of called out his quarterback and said he has to just let it go. Got no choice. He's got to do it for the sake of the program, for the sake of the team this season. There were multiple times on third down when Adrian Martinez is throwing it short of the sticks. You can't keep doing that. Now, how much of that is on Colin Klein? I know a lot of people felt that Colin Klein did not call a good game, and I think that's a fair criticism of Colin Klein, who's in his first year as the K-State offensive coordinator. That is a very fair critique. But ultimately, you know, Chris Kleiman's got to get these guys together. He's the head coach and say, what are we doing on offense? You can't rely on, I think Deuce Vaughn is the best and most explosive player in this league. In the Big 12, he can't do it all. You can't just be like Deuce Vaughn and a really good defense. You ha- And the whole point of Adrian Martinez was to upgrade a quarterback. Adrian Martinez, you know, I don't think he's, he had that one, the one touchdown pass they scored was a pretty pass from Martinez. But it felt like that was the only time something like that actually happened for him. Like, dude, let it rip. I, I know he's afraid to turn the ball over because that's always been the critique against Martinez dating back to his time at Nebraska. But the guy has got to let the ball fly down the field. He has to start doing it. And there's no better time than next week against Oklahoma. But that is a bad loss because you know what? If they win that game, they're possibly ranked in the top 25. Maybe college game days going there next week. I don't not to Manhattan, but to Norman. I'm just saying it would have been possible. Um, 
Instead, they're going to Tennessee. I will add that as well. But either way, I mean, it's something that you say to yourself, K-State has got to do a better job on the offensive side. Martinez, Klein, Kleiman, the three of them have to get together, get on the same page, because that was a miserable display of offense against Tulane on Saturday. And you keep doing that in the Big 12, you're not going to have the season that you expected to have. I promise you that much. No matter how good the defense is and how good Deuce Vaughn is, it's not going to happen for you. Uh, what is next on the rundown here? Ah, Texas Tech coming up short against NC State. Defense was not the problem for Texas Tech at all. Defense actually in this game played pretty well. It's the only reason this game was not a blowout for NC State. Donovan Smith had a bad game. I mean, he did not play well in this one. Uh, The quarterback for the Red Raiders, he struggled most of the night. The pick six was a bad pass. Uh, 21 of 36, 214 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. But he didn't get any help in the play calling or from his offensive line. Now, this was a weird game for the coaching staff. Like, fourth and one, I'll give you a great example. Fourth and one, they're down 13-0 in the first half. And on fourth and one, down 13 nothing, 12th play of the drive, you're going for it inside of the NC State 30-yard line. You've got a beast of a quarterback in Donovan Smith who can run the ball. I know you don't feel confident in the offensive line getting a yard, maybe. But run Smith on the edge. You're throwing the ball out into the flat area, and then he gets picked off for a pick six when he really hadn't looked good all night throwing the ball. That's your play on fourth and one with Donovan Smith at quarterback? And the 12th play of a drive when you've got the defense on its heels and probably tired, that made no sense. Early in the fourth quarter, they're going for it on fourth and, uh, like fourth and 10 from their own 35-yard line, down two scores. I didn't get that from their own 35-yard line. And then NC State, with about eight minutes left, burns almost seven minutes of game clock on a nine-play drive. And Joey McGuire doesn't use any timeouts, down two scores there. But then with a minute left, down 13 points, he burns all his timeouts. It just, the play, the, the, it was a bad day for Tech. The box score won't really indicate that in a major way. But, you know, you had the Bryce Ramirez ugly injury. You had suspect head coaching decisions, play calling decisions, bad quarterback play. Uh, a lot of the wind came out of the sails to me for Texas Tech. That offensive line, and I got to say this about Donovan Smith, I can't just blame him. The offensive line could not, could not keep that guy clean in the pocket most of the game. I know NC State's got a good front seven, but that was just a terrible performance. And we knew that, we knew that there were going to be issues with that offensive line. But that was a tough, tough watch. If you're a Texas Tech fan. And the box score won't do that game justice at all. At all. Uh, The other two games in the Big 12. Oklahoma State rolling Arkansas Pine Bluff 63-7. Exactly what you would expect there. Not a whole lot to take out of the game for Oklahoma State. Spencer uh, Sanders was done basically at the end of the first quarter. The guy played the first quarter and that was it for uh, Spencer Sanders. Threw four touchdowns. Jumped out to a 28-0 lead. Red hot start, uh, and you saw some of the young guys step up. You saw some of the future of the Cowboys with guys like uh, Ollie Gordon at running back leading the way. Uh, you saw a great touchdown catch from uh, Talon Shetron out of Edmond, Edmond, Oklahoma. 
You saw Gunnar Gundy play most of the game at quarterback. Now, I don't know if he's the future at quarterback. He's a walk-on. Obviously, he's the kid of Mike Gundy. Uh, Garrett Rangel's a four-star prospect who's also a freshman there. I don't know what the future looks like at that position. Maybe Mike's attitude is, you know, let the kid play. He's the backup technically as a redshirt freshman. Rangel's a true freshman. Maybe Gunner's just a backup quarterback his whole career. I don't know. I have no idea about that. But what I can say and what we can say is that, uh, that that's the good part about these games. You get a glimpse to the future for Oklahoma State. You get to see what 2023 is going to look like. But now, now here's the thing for Oklahoma State. They have a bye week, and then they play nine straight Big 12 games. Really tough break for Oklahoma State in terms of when the bye week came. The bye week came next week, this coming week, and then it's Baylor, and then you're off to the races with no rest until the end of the season. That is a tough break on the scheduling for Oklahoma State. I don't know what Mike Gundy did wrong to piss off the schedule makers in the Big 12, but they didn't do him any favors at all. Uh, Did not do him any favors, no doubt about that. And then the last game of the night, Texas against UTSA. Texas pulls away 41-20 in that game. Uh, you know, you had a 78-yard touchdown run from Bijan Robinson. A little bit of a shaky start. Texas was only up, uh, really, it was tied at halftime, right? It was 17 all at halftime. But then Texas outscored UTSA 24-3 in the second half. And good thing they did. Because if they didn't, the talk would have been Sark's guys had a letdown game after Alabama. Can't keep that momentum going in front of a full house. I mean, it was a packed house at Texas. Packed to the gills. One of the largest attendance numbers they've ever had there. I think the third largest I saw in the history of the program since they've added those seats. But, you know, the fans showed up against inferior competition in UTSA. And the team took them a bit to get going, but they eventually got it done. So Texas uh, bounces back with the big win against UTSA. And uh, you look at this Longhorns team and you say, okay, you got through non-conference play, but now let's see what you've got in the Big 12. They've got Texas Tech to open up Big 12 play, then West Virginia, then, of course, the Red River rivalry in a couple of weeks, followed by Iowa State and Oklahoma State. So nothing easy in this league, but we're going to learn a lot more about Texas going forward, no doubt about that. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. It's good to be here with you. Let's go through some of your comments on Facebook Live. Pete, for Nebraska, yeah, sure, you're making more money in the Big Ten, but what's that worth when you're constantly ruining your reputation year in, year out? No, I know. They'll never admit it at Nebraska, but they made a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Uh, Jared, that was good for Oklahoma State, able to put them away early. The backups could play. Could have been worse looking at you, Arkansas. Yeah, that's right. I see a lot of rock chalks on uh, Facebook Live. Yeah, I think we're all KU football fans. I don't expect anybody to be a KU basketball fan unless you are, you know, actually a KU fan. But I think all of us can have a special place in our hearts for KU football, except, of course, for when your team is playing them, which is completely, completely understandable. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Good to be with you. YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Appreciate you being here. Thank you to uh, Facebook Live as well. And, of course, to all of us, all of you on the podcast, you are our bread and butter. That's why we've got the free koozies for you. If you subscribe and rate and review to the podcast, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, 
at heartlandcollegesports.com. We got a sweet, sweet Heartland College Sports koozie for you that I will personally put in the mail. I got 200 sitting right here in a box next to me that we send out every single week. Thank you guys for being here. Don't forget about our friends at DraftKings. If you are in Kansas right now, use our promo code HCS. When you download the DraftKings Sportsbook, get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.